maybe I'm showing them a bit of a mama's boy here, but you know how we when I say our, our moms are the best. Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host, Dennis. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple of guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint or two of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing today? Good, Robert. Good. Little sunburnt today. Little doing a little bit of yard work. Yeah, uh, I, I was. I, I was taking a look at you over the Zoom there, but I wasn't sure where the the sunburn ended and the rosacea began there, my friend. <laughs> I got that Irish looking face now, don't I? I know. I know too much. You know what? I didn't wear my baseball cap, and I wasn't in sun directly, except when I was picking some dandelions off the grass, just a little part. But I didn't realize it. Uh, you know, the sun at this time of the year, we don't get it very often, but, you know, for late May, June, July, August, we've got to be very careful in the sun. And I know that now. So I've learned my lesson. Well, I'm, I'm, glad, you, I'm glad you took the sunburn as opposed to wearing the, your beautiful Pints and Pews hat and fading the colors on that. We must. Well, you know that. what? I was going to wear the Pints and Pews podcast tonight on the, just to hide the sunburn, kind of keep it low on my, but I figured you'd pick it out anyhow. I even got a haircut for the show as well, Robert. So that's good. Yeah. Well, I mean. Both of us, I think, uh, should be paying less and less for our haircuts because there's less and less hair for to be cut. But to be cut, exactly. And we're on late tonight, so it's almost past my bedtime. This is late for us, almost 9 Eastern Standard Time, 9.15. Yeah, it's way past my bedtime. So well, if I fall asleep yeah. talking to you, take no offense, Robert. But I, I'm really excited, though, as well, Dennis, because I think for the very first time on the podcast, I have my Catholic beer drinking shirt on. So I'll stand up just a little bit so you can mm-hmm. see, but I've got my, my uh, Monk uh, Rock I- T-shirt. I really like that shirt, Robert. Yes, in, I do. in Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. But I think that's your line, isn't it? That's my line, and uh, G.K. Chesterton, and it's a great line. And you've got the shirt to back it up. So there are shirts with that uh, quote. If anybody's looking for them, maybe they can get a hold of you somehow, and you can direct them to where did you get that? Anyhow, Robert? Uh, it comes from a company. They're out of the United States somewhere. I, I know that narrows it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, substantially when i say they're out of the united the united states the con- continental united states I'll get, oh, okay. i, I can know it's not much. in alaska or hawaii <laughs> there, there, there we go midwest the west coast northeast southwest no somewhere it's somewhere <laughs> out there uh it's a company called monk rock and they've got a, a great line of uh, t-shirts not just the this chesterton t-shirt with the the pint the pint the pipe and the cross They've got a great St. Patrick's T-shirt, so we'll have to maybe get that for you one year for yeah. St. Patrick's you've had I, I hope they're still making them because you've had that for a couple of years now, at least. Three, I've had four. it. I've had it long enough that it's starting yeah. to starting to get a little holy. It's a little faded. Uh, yeah, so almost time to get another one. So yeah, hopefully they still have them on the go. They've got other products as well, uh, and their motto is, uh, "You don't have to be a monk to live like one." Hmm. And I really, I really like that because we, yeah. we are all called to live a life in the world, but not of the world. So to kind of live, yes. live as a monk, even though we aren't a monk. That that notion of prayer and obedience to our Lord. 
I need to ask you, buddy, yeah. because uh, I'm I, 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 I know you're excited for this portion of this, I'm of very this, this show, but before we get to your excitement, so we'll just kind of build up the, your anticipation for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to ask you, what are you drinking with us this evening? I am drinking a Tuborg from Copenhagen, Denmark, a Pilsner, an amber-like Pilsner of 5.5%. I, I was worried for a second because about the only product that I know from Tubor or Tuberg is the non-alcoholic one. That's the the main non-alcoholic beer across Europe, and I thought uh, you were going to start going down that road, my friend. Did you see that? That it was on the news tonight, Robert, about the non the popularity of non-alcoholic beers are are uh, increasing rapidly. So maybe we'll have to do a show. A one time uh, with a couple of non-alcoholic beers. It'll be our first and only show with non-alcoholic. with the non-alcoholic beers. Yeah, no, I think that's a good idea to to do that because sometimes uh, you want to have that flavor and the crisp crispness of the beer uh, without the alcoholic side effects. But you, in that respect, you've got to be charging me at least half to three two thirds off the regular price of beer. Cause if it's not, I'll just have a Coke or I'll have a, you know, Oh, for sure. And for like, sure. You know. And I always remember too, my dad, when he went into the nursing home, that's all they would let him keep in his little beer fridge. He was the only resident in the nursing home who had a beer fridge beside his bed and a and big I, thing of Costco cashews, salted Costco nuts. Yeah. And he'd be sitting there watching the hockey game with his bowl of nuts and his non-alcoholic beer. So did he know it was a non-alcoholic beer? And it was it was the bane of his existence. Okay, so he knew. Uh, so I'd go to take him out for for lunch or for dinner, and as I'm rolling in past the dining area, he's waving to all of the other residents as they're sitting down for dinner, and he's waving, yelling, "Yeah, I'm going for a real beer!" <laughs> right? That that was kind of the highlight uh, for him going for a real beer. But, you know, in a pinch, the non-alcoholic beer did the trick for him. Absolutely. And you're right. Probably the taste is probably not too too far off the real taste. Yeah. And but so, anyhow. again, what kind of, I know you said it's a Tuborg boat. Tuborg gold. Okay. Tuborg gold or, not golder, but gold. Can you see that? Where's my No, picture? because you're not holding it up in front of the camera. But oh. uh, you, you do realize that's probably because the can here in Canada is both in French and English. Right. And well, gold yeah. and oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, gold. Or. <laughs> it's gold. <or>. <laughs> <laughs> it's golden color. Now, uh, because again, you're, you're, you're excited for, for, I'm excited what, for what, the what, what, what's, what's coming up. Um, I'm having, I've been having a hankering for a Kolsch style beer. I've been never having a, a, a style a, beer, but I've never heard of a Kolsch style. Kolsch. So Kolsch, Kolsch is Kolsch from the, German. Yeah. From the Köln area of northwest germany so for for those who you know are not sure good uh that's yeah. cologne it's usually it's an area more known for its uh smelly water the the eau de cologne the mm. the the perfumes but they also have a particular style of beer that comes out of the cologne area uh, and it's actually within the eu in europe it's a protected geographic indication Meaning that this style of beer and the name for that beer, the Kölsch, can only come from within a 50-kilometer radius of Köln in northwestern Germany. Hmm. It's close to the border with Belgium and and Holland. Uh, And and it's like champagne in France, I guess. It's like like the champagne in France, Hmm. uh, like cheddar in England, Hmm. 
like Brussels sprouts in in Belgium, right? Because Brussels is uh, world renowned for its agriculture in downtown Brussels for those <laughs> little cabbages that nobody ever wants to eat. Yeah. Uh, but the the cloche can only come from the Cologne area, uh, and it, there's strict rules. Uh, a lot a lot like the Reinheitsgebot, which is the the German purification law for how they brew their beer. There's also then the Cloche Convention, which regulates how this beer is is brewed within that area now outside of the eu uh there isn't the same protection so craft brewers are brewing a coach style beer here as well and so the one i have here today is the beardmore lagered ale kolsch style beer uh, and yeah so the the coach really is a lagered ale when you look at it it's uh, it's warm top fermented and then cold conditioned like a lager. But this makes for a, a bright, clear, crisp, uh, straw yellow, uh, and a slightly hoppy beer. It's not sour like an IPA. Good. Uh, Can I see it? Robert? Can you yeah. show it up to put it up to the I'll show it up there for, for well, you. Uh, nice our beer. listeners obviously can't see it. But it's a you know it's kind of funny too. I'm drinking a, a beer called Beardmore. I couldn't grow a beard to save my life. But you know what? So it's not the actual. It's an imitation like it's a cone like right. It's not the yeah. Beard. It's it's, it's a Kolsch style beer the, mm. the same way that a, a sparkling wine, wine, say from Niagara or the Napa Valley, is a champagne style yeah. kind of wine. I'm excited though! I thought you were going to actually have a real one from the real. Next time, maybe. Next time, maybe, because yeah. we, we can get some. We've got to get here. some like LCBO, in, yeah. in the, Exactly. Now, they're usually served in a thin 200 milliliter glass. So, kind of, they're usually served in a half pint glass. That's almost like a a, two fifths of a pint, really, not yeah, a half pint. Yeah. And, and it's called smoke. a stenge. And when you're in Cone and you're having the beer, as soon as you get to the bottom of the glass, they just automatically bring you a new one. Oh, nice. Right. Uh, and they just put a little tick on your coaster. And that reminded me from when I was living in Bavaria that each time you, you had a beer, they would just put a, a pen mark on your coaster. <laughs> and when it was time to um, to leave, actually, when you were done drinking, you put the coaster on top of your glass so you they wouldn't fill it up anymore. Um, and then you would just pay for the number of ticks that were, were on your coaster. And I remember the one night, and I must have been... Uh, probably at least four pints in and the, the owner of the guest house that we were at had forgotten to put the tick marks on the coaster. So, so he's asking me, so how many of you had? And it's like, buddy, I can't remember at this point. So let's just make up a number and, and roll with it. Right. So, yeah, I'm going to open this up. And why don't you tell the listeners why you're so excited for this segment you of the finally, show? You finally give me permission to say grace before beer after almost a year and a half of pints and pews not with guests mind you but but you're going to start me off with the two of us and see how things go i guess and we'll very 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 graduate. slow very slow just like the beer you're pouring right now ba- baby steps for you when it comes to to the we'll put baby in there. the corner Let's see how <laughs> we'll put baby in the corner no so i think we, our beers look alike mine's got that same yeah color. The, the same color than a nice oh, golden no. color yeah Crisp and clean. I'm I'm so looking forward to because like, we we had the the antithesis of the dunkel kind of day today. We like did you say we? you you've got your 
I'm trying to take it started a off a little cool and then it got really nice and then it got a little overcast in the evening. And I think we're expecting rain overnight, but it should yeah. be nice for tomorrow. I actually got a few drops of, of rain today, but yeah, no, it's uh oh did you? It, okay. It's it's looking good. So yeah, you're on for grace before beer. Thank Don't you, mess Robert. it up. I'm very, very excited about this. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless O Lord, this creature beer which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant, through the invocation of thy holy name, that whoever shall drink it may gain health in body and peace and soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been practicing. Oh, you know, I haven't, Robert. And I just realized as I began to read that, I didn't have my glasses on. Thank God you sent me the copy with big, big type. That's either. Hey, I know you. So it's large print all the that way. That was a small type. So that was good. I was able to get through that without my glasses on. But thank you. Yes, let's have a look at your okay. beer. See the color. There we, there we go. Oh, yeah, they're similar. Both, yeah, mm-hmm. both very nice, nice and golden colored. So cheers. Cheers, Robert. You know, after a day of physical oh. labor, is there anything better than a crisp? tasting pilsner tuberg yeah oh that yeah exactly this is nice too i could uh on on a warm summer day i could put a couple of those back in in very quick succession so okay i'm done i'm gonna go watch the blue jays the end of the blue jay. <laughs> good night <laughs>right like, we're, we're still in the month of may like i know yep. you said mother's day is already coming gone right but we're, we're, we're still in the month of may but before we we started to talk about moms i was really excited to see uh pope francis recently mm-hmm. canonized or the church recently canonized pope francis was the one that led the mass and said the prayers and and made the official pronouncement uh 10 new saints it's always exciting with new saints in the church, isn't it, Robert? Yeah. It's a great blessing for us. Oh, for sure, because it's it's more new role models for us to follow in in our life. And I just wanted to pull up and, and from and, all over the world, uh, if I'm not correct. Well, exactly, exactly. A few from Europe, uh, from India, South America, right, right. From like you say, from all around all around the world. Um, and you know, some of the names I was more familiar with, uh, like Saint Charles de Foucault, uh, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd that was heard the one of I was before. familiar with. I think that was right. the only one. Yeah, yeah. He was a, a French soldier and explorer uh, who then became a Trappist monk and a missionary uh, in North Africa, especially in Algeria, um, and was martyred for the faith in 1916. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, I had heard of Saint Titus Brandsma. Okay. He was a, a Dutch priest and a professor uh, who opposed Nazi propaganda in Catholic newspapers. Uh, hmm. And he was killed by lethal injection at Dachau concentration camp uh, in 1942. And then I'm just looking through the, the other names. The other one that uh, stood out to me as well was uh, Césaire de Bus, uh, who was a, a French Catholic priest. Uh, who founded two religious congregations uh, in the 16th century, uh, was a preacher and a catechist, and did huge amounts of charitable work, right? Mm. Oh. 
and just underneath his name too, I'm looking at Luigi Maria Palazzolo. No Paolo Italiano, but you know, I do my best with, with that. Um, but an Italian priest who established the Sisters of the Poor and opened orphanages and, and worked yeah. with, with the poor. And as I was going through the list of these new saints, Dennis, I don't know if you noticed when you went through, uh, but when I went through the, the list of, of names of all of these saints and their short biographies that they were either martyrs for the faith or they lived lives of service to the poor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, like you said at the top, when I, I mentioned about the saints that, you know, how fantastic is that? And now we've got these role models. Um, you know, I don't know if I would have the the courage to be a martyr for the, the faith. Oh. Yeah, that would be right. I guess you, you you don't know until you're put into that no, you position. Don't know the position. And even lives of service to the poor, though, Robert, to give everything up. I mean, you mentioned the one saint that you know, two. They founded two congregations, not just one, and 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 yeah. so much as a catechist as well. But lives of service, they've given up. They, I don't think they've given up. They maybe they wouldn't see it as giving up, but they really give up their their uh, their life that they're used to and they devote themselves to the poor and then put their life on the line some of them gave their lives for the church too for their faith yeah beautiful sacrifice there and and that kind of reminds me of all the gospel readings for this week starting with last sunday the fifth sunday of easter uh right through this whole week uh, as we've been kind of the church has been going through the the middle chapters of the the gospel of john according to Mm -hmm. saint john the gospel of Christ, but according to, to St. John, you know, and you think of even like today's gospel from John chapter 15, verse 13, no greater love than this does one have than to lay one's life down for a friend. Right. Right. No, no greater love is there than to, to give your life up and not necessarily just physically, like you see these saints that were, you know, giving service to the poor, they gave up a worldly life absolutely to do that so that they did give up their life they devoted their lives entirely to to service yeah. right? and that's why they're being recognized by the church right that's yeah and, and goes back to like i said the the fifth sunday of easter so last sunday from uh, john 13 you know love you know i give you a new commandment love one another as i have loved you mm-hmm. you know and how did christ love us we'll just look at the crucifix now, now, correct me, Robert. Now, would both of them, the martyrs and those that have given their lives of service to the poor, would they have to have a miracle attested to them, or would it just be those who had given the lives of service to the poor? Or is martyrdom automatically given sainthood without miracle being? Or do we have to look that one up? Maybe we would have to look that one up to get the finer details of the the canon law for canonization yeah. on that. I would say that my understanding is for to be named a blessed, it's one miracle attributed Mm -hmm. and then a second miracle for for canonization. And so you're asking is martyrdom automatic uh, sainthood. I'm going to say no, just going on the case of St. Charles de Foucault, because Mm -hmm. I've always known him as blessed Charles de Foucault. Right. And now he's been declared a saint. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was martyred in 1916. 
16th. Well, I mean, you mentioned a couple of other saints and you said the 16th century too. So, you know, it doesn't happen right away. Certainly that's, that's 500 years. It's interesting how some saints, you look at some saints as a, you know, read that one saint every day. And, you know, within 30, 40 years, maybe 700 years ago, they're recognized. And then some of them, you know, don't get recognized a couple hundred years. They're slowly, you know, venerable and then blessed and then sainthood. So I guess it just depends on. And and some of the saints that are recognized uh, just because of popular devotion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this, those go back to before there was the, Right, the proper the, 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 the yeah. process for, for canonization. Yeah. And so looking at these saints of sacrificial love, you know, martyrs or lives of service. Mm-hmm. So saints of sacrificial love, it just reminded me in the month of May of, of our moms. Moms, yep, in general, right. sure. And, and our mom. Yeah. You know, and, and and how you know our Maybe I'm showing them a bit of a mama's boy here, but you know how we all say our moms are the best, and it they're the best, yeah. And, and saying that takes me all the way back to the summer of 1987, which was just last year, right? 1987 mm-hmm. was just last year. I remember that. Year. Yeah, uh, a little bit hazy, but you know, I remember. And I was invited to a friend's cottage. Uh, with a bunch of buddies and uh, we were out hanging out in the forest. And remember we were just saying, yeah, moms are the best moms are the best. And now you know, our, our moms are the best. And so they deserve more than just a day. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the whole month of we'll, May. We'll give them we, the whole month of May. We'll get a day in June, but they should get a whole month in May. Yeah. Well, as dad, sometimes I wonder if we, before we, Merit even five minutes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, but there's something about the mother that was in the Robert, the mother of the family, and the work that yeah. she does on behalf of the children, on behalf of her husband. I mean, we're blessed, to, and we were so blessed. I was so blessed to have my mom in my life, and you're still so blessed to have your mom in your life. Yeah, yeah, and it truly is a blessing uh, to to still have mom in my life, and I try to talk to her every day. Excellent. Um, just a touch base and yeah yeah there's just something comforting about about being near your mom that you're you become a, a little kid again absolutely right? and and you know what i still pray to my mom so we're still still in contact in a way too right you don't forget about your mom once she passes that's for sure we have to still remember that we're very much in you know, well and we need to remember too that as much as she's not alive here on earth, she's, you know, God willing, she's uh, alive in heaven. Absolutely. Right? Please God, yeah. And, and she's petitioning for, for you. I know she's watching over all her kids. Yeah, for sure. Right. And I like the fact that Mother's Day just does fall. I wonder if they did that on purpose when they first brought in Mother's Day. I don't know how old that is. It's probably about 100 years old. I wonder if they did do that because Mary's devoted to the month of May. I think that's a question for Google. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> Seems like more than a coincidence. That, although I don't think Mother's Day is the same all all over, is it? I think it's, uh, but it, it's close. Year. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, it might be in June in one other, and I think it's. I want to say September. Oh, I don't know, Australia somewhere or something like that. You know I what? Don't... I really, I then I really don't know. I thought they were close, like within a week or two of each other. I didn't realize yeah. that. Around the world, it was at different times of the year. So. Um, but, you know, I think there is that link from our earthly mothers to our heavenly mother, sure. Mary. 
Right. When you think of our, our mother Mary and her, her most prominent title is that of the Immaculate Conception. Yeah. Right. And just think of the, the love and the beauty of our mothers. Right. And I, when I think of that and I think of the Immaculate Conception and, and trying to explain that sometimes, um, you know, I can never do it justice. So I, I always go to the top theologians. So you know, when it comes to the Immaculate Conception, I always mm-hmm. like to think of uh, the Venerable Fulton Sheen. Right. right? Uh, and in his book, the, the World's First Love, his book devoted to Mary, uh, we should have had Al Smith, Alan Smith, uh, on the show yeah, to talk about that. <laughs> I remember listening to yourself and Al Smith. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to, to speak directly to that. But in the book, Fulton Sheen says, you know, think about how beautiful your mother is. Think about how loving your mother is. Think about how, in your eyes, how perfect your mother is. And then he goes on to say, if you had the opportunity to create your own mother, if you had the opportunity to make your own mother, would you not have made her more beautiful, more loving, and more perfect? And he's, well, and he's like, well, Jesus Christ had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Jesus did create his own mother. And so he did make her more beautiful more loving, and more perfect. So Gene could put it like that, eh? Oh, he's, he's amazing. Maybe we should just uh, play reruns of his show for, mm. for our podcast and, you know, just right, right on, along with that. But And Venerable, you said too, so he's on his way. He, he's um, on his way, and I know there's been a couple of hiccups on, along the way right. uh, with that. Again, all the details, I'm not 100% sure on that. We'll have to uh, get on Al Smith again on the show. Yeah, yeah. And so if listeners are looking to find mm-hmm. out more about that, I would direct them to Bishop Sheen Today, uh, bishopsheentoday.com, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, Al Smith's website. And he is working along with others on the, the cause for sainthood for, for Bishop Fulton Sheen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one of the other titles of Mary that I also absolutely love, and my pastor or parish priest has a devotion to this name of Mary. And I believe he did this uh, as well when he was pastor at your parish. That's that's why when I'm looking at when you're going to say this, that's I thought, where have I heard that before? Because I don't think I've heard it very often, but I remember Father Keith talking about that. Yeah. So Mary undoer of knots. Right. Right. And Mary undoer of knots is based on there is uh, a painting of Mary, and it's in Augsburg, Germany, and it was a devotion actually of Pope Emeritus. How do you say Pope Eremitus? Pope no. Emeritus. 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 Yep. Thank you, uh, Benedict the Sixteenth. It was one of his favorite devotions uh, to sit with this painting, Mary Undoer of Knots, and she has a, a ribbon or a rope that's going through her hands, and the rope or the ribbon that's leading into her hands is all full of knots. Mm-hmm. But then when it's coming out the other side of her hands, all of the knots have been undone. Isn't that 
Isn't that fitting, eh, Robert? And so bringing our troubles, and, and yes, we, we need to lay our troubles at the foot of yeah. Christ and, and, and bring them to the foot of the cross, but also bring them to Mary. And people, I, I know when I've had that conversation, people say, why do you pray to Mary? Why would you pray to Just go straight to God. Go straight to Jesus. Why, mm-hmm. why go to Mary? And when I'm asked that question, I always ask another question. Mm-hmm. Do you listen to your mother? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Dennis, when you were growing up, did you listen Absolutely. to your mom? One hundred percent, I listened to my mom. Well, that makes one of us then, at least. But anyways, yeah. No, no, I, I would. I listen to my to my mom as well. And so the same, Jesus listens to his mother. Right. And so if we bring our knots uh, to Mary, then she will undo them and bring them to her son absolutely and you know what it's it's if somebody else pointed out to me too if you wanted to get to know somebody really well and you you know you really want to establish a really good friendship or you were looking to you know get to know this person on and who would you go to most to get to know that person wouldn't you go to their mother you would you would for sure 100 percent that would that would the person who would know that person the best, right? And it's 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 not much difference in difference in the, you know what you're talking about here, Robert. And as you were talking, I did look up that painting very quickly, and it is a beautiful painting of the undoer of knots, Mary, and the undoer. And it's just it just speaks volumes of this rope and this all curled up in her hand, slipping through it, and then putting all your troubles at her feet, kind of thing. And then there you go. This is a perfect rope coming out of her hands the other way. Yeah, very nice. I want to love that. Yeah, it's a beautiful. And, and you're you're talking there, and you were mentioning about you know getting to know someone and going to their mother. Reminded me, our last guest, Dr. Lombardi, Josephine yes. Lombardi. Yes. I remember her saying once when she was giving a talk that when someone asked her, "What do you miss the most now that your mother has passed away?" Mm-hmm. and she said that she missed being known being known because your mother is the one who has known you from the very moment of your conception that is so true and nobody knew knows you or knew knew you in my case like my mom absolutely robert oh for sure and my mom's she's always pointing that out as well she's always saying well i I know where you've come from and i know what you've done and i always just say yeah but uh i'd like to think i know where i'm going too Right. It's not about where you're coming from. It's about right. where you where you're going to. But yeah, your mom knows you intimately. Intimately. And that love too from your mother to the child, right? There's no there's no greater love, really, I don't think. And, well, exactly. And that kind of brings me to the, the third name of Mary that I wanted to mention uh, in this segment is you know, mm-hmm. Mary Star of the Sea. Mm-hmm. And again, Josephine Lombardi spoke a little bit about this. Last time on our on our podcast, and if you were to go and watch her movie, uh, The First Lady, um, they do delve into Mary, Star of the Sea. But our mothers, through their love, are constantly guiding us in our lives, mm-hmm. you know, e- even as adults. Oh, for sure. Even and, as and, adults. And, and not only just not guiding us, but if you look at Star of the Sea, though, Robert, if you look at some of these, um, you know, coastal communities, I mean, you could probably speak to Portugal. I know when I was in Fremantle, Western Australia, the festivals and the devotions to Mary's as they 
began the fishing season, there was always that sense that she would be looking after them on the water. It was it was very interesting. There's a number of places that have this devotion to Mary. Yeah, and see, you would maybe have seen more of that. I've never really lived in a coastal community. Right, yeah, but I bet you if you talk to some of those, you know, your relatives, um, you know, in the Azores, in Portugal, or if we even do a research of just European or coastal communities with a good big Catholic population, you will find that the blessing of the boats takes place during mm-hmm. the beginning of the season, and there's a great devotion to Mary. A lot of churches are named after Mary in that particular you know, those particular pockets where there's a lot of fishing going, fishing activity happening. Okay, very cool. I was not really aware of that. Mm-hmm. I've heard bits and pieces, and I know the title, Mary Star of the Sea. Yeah. I think there's a, a parish in the west end of the Archdiocese of Toronto that has That's right. that, that name. Yeah. Right. Which and is kind of odd because there's not a sea pretty well. Well, you can go fishing on Lake Ontario. Lake so I'm, I'm not sure if I'd want to eat anything that comes out of Lake Ontario, yeah. which you know has all of the water that has come down through the Great Lakes. So you know the runoff from Chicago and Detroit yeah. and Cleveland yeah, and Toronto. No, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but, like fresh ocean stuff i guess exactly but um and it's not to say that those aren't great cities it's just yeah. cities have a tendency to dump garbage into the water and uh, which is unfortunate right. and, and that's a, a conversation that's for a whole Although other they're day. cleaning up the great lakes which is good but i'd rather have my yeah i'd rather have my ocean fish and i have to say i've gone swimming in the mediterranean and that was mm. uh that wasn't exactly the cleanest experience oh, either. Okay. No. That would be a little pressure. Yeah, no, not at all. But thinking of, of going on walkabout there, Dennis, uh, again, month of May. Right. Month of Mary. Uh, I wanted to quickly talk about, before we finished up, uh, some Marian shrines and, and apparitions. And again, not to go into too great detail, but we could talk for hours on end uh, about these. Uh, we should do podcasts from these various Marian shrines. Yeah. And no, and if sure. we could get, if we could get sponsorship to pay for all of those travels, I was going to say on your dime, we could do these like first five you've got listed. A dime oh, won't, e- a dime won't even get me from my house to your house. With gas, yeah. with gas prices these. Well, I'll do the I'll do the ones at the end there, the ones in the GTA in Southern Ontario, and you can do the rest. You can well, I was going to ask maybe if you if you had visited you forgot any one, of though. these. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've probably forgotten a whole bunch. No, but you forgot a big one for our Mexican brothers and sisters. But you're I, right, I did. Yeah. So you'll you'll mention that when we get. Yeah, I'll mention that. that. I was going to mention that one. Um. So the the, the first two and the and they're kind of the oh. two of the major Marian. We both have a connection to both, but yeah. I mean, I'm at St. Bernadette's in, in Ajax, Robert, so you can talk about the first one. Well, I was going to ask you, if have you visited either one of those? No, but I did go to the 150th anniversary party about okay. 14 years ago in at St. Bernadette's. We had a big 150th anniversary for, for Bernadette Saburu when she saw... Our Lady at Lourdes, yes. Yeah. So uh, I, I've had the the blessing. Of, you've been to uh, both? No, I know you've been to Fatima. Have you I've been, been to, to both Lourdes and Fatima, and it was on the same trip. And in a lot of ways, I credit Our Lady. That's just unfair. Our Lady of, of Lourdes and Our Lady of Fatima uh, with my reversion. 
<laughs> my, 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 my real return to the faith. Not that I, I ever completely, well, did I, no, completely I know. leave like, a, it was uh, a bit soft in university? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. But we were but, still going to mass. I mean, I, I was still going, but. But no. I remember being in the grotto in Lourdes. In Lourdes. And just knowing that I was in a sacred space. Just, mm-hmm. and, and I can't explain how I know. Uh, people say, can you explain this? No, there, there's just a feeling when you're in that grotto and you're just running your hand along the rock wall underneath the, the niche where Our Lady appeared. Right. You just know that this is a place where heaven touched earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, beautiful. So about 160 years ago in what part of France would Lourdes So be? that would be in the southwest corner of France, in the, in the Pyrenees, in the Pyrenees okay. Mountains. And I believe it was on a garbage dump or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah it, it was yeah at the garbage dump. Oh. Um, so to it's outside of the road. city. And, mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny, when you go to visit, when you're walking through the town of Lourdes itself, uh, I want to say almost like a carnival-like atmosphere with all of the, mm. the kitschy souvenir shops yeah. and cafes uh, and hotels and all of the tourists and the hustle and bustle of all that. I always say it was kind of like Niagara Falls. Mm. I just said the, the, the kitsch of it all. Yeah, which isn't that attractive, but go on. It gets better. I, I, I would obviously just... Yeah, and so when you step into the grounds of the sanctuary when you step into the grounds where the grotto is in the the church it's almost like someone has flipped a switch mm-hmm. and the volume turns to silent mm-hmm. and again just that notion that you're leaving the world behind and you're entering a place where heaven has touched earth mm-hmm. and, and it's absolutely beautiful um, also, to the Song of Bernadette's one of my my favorite films. <laughs> what a great film! Right, I, Vincent yeah, Price. Yeah, v- Vincent Price, who most of us who grew up in Southern Ontario yeah. would remember more from uh, the 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 kitschy Saturday morning TV show out of Hamilton. Right. Complete opposite from Our Lady of Lourdes. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll I know. That's that why I was so surprised to see that. Yeah. And so, yeah, this and this is going back now 19 years that we made this trip. So we, we traveled to Lourdes, and from Lourdes, we actually drove across Spain to Santiago de Compostela. So okay. I always say I, I've, done, thing, right? I've done the Camino, but I did the Camino behind the wheel of a car, so I don't think it counts. Not the same thing. No, no not, definitely not the same. The, and well, the but that's on the on the list for, for another day. Yeah. Um, and then from Santiago, we drove south down through through Portugal, beautiful Catholic sites, top to bottom in Portugal, and, and could almost do a travel show uh, on that one day. But we did go for a Sunday Mass at Fatima. Right. And, and Where again, Our Lady appeared to the three little children about a, oh, just over 100 years ago now, I guess, Robert. It was a, 105 years ago. Yeah. And again, there, standing at the oak tree, this is a place where heaven touched earth. Mm-hmm. And then the outdoor mass was beautiful. Uh, it was kind of neat in a way that the mass was said in Portuguese, but all of the responses were then given in 10 different languages. 
you know, so the, the Lord be with you came out in Portuguese and with your spirit then came in Portuguese, English, French, Spanish, German, Dutch. You just go down the list, right? Nice. Um, so it was kind of neat. And, and the best part, we didn't realize that this was going to happen. Uh, so at the beginning of mass and you're, you're there at mass with 10,000 of your, your closest friends mm-hmm. in the, the square in front of the church. And they process in with the statue of Our Lady mm-hmm. for the Mass. And then as they process out with the statue of Our Lady, everybody takes out a white handkerchief and waves goodbye to Our Lady. And <laughs> it's just a sea of waving white handkerchiefs. And we didn't realize that going in. So my wife found a kerchief. It wasn't wasn't completely away, but she found a kerchief to, to, to wave as well. And that was just absolutely beautiful. As uh, so they were singing uh, Ave Maria. Nice, and, nice. And, and I'm not going to sing it because you know, we went through the article this week at, at work about uh, bad singing at church. So, yeah, which we'll have to talk about another show because that was a fantastic article from yeah. the Catholic Register. No, the National Catholic Register. I can't remember where I yeah. got it from. So, but yeah. really good article. It reminds me of myself. But Lourdes and Fatima, and I know Lourdes has the, you know, the, the Holy Spirit spraying in the the holy water and people there go there oh yeah you fill the taps yeah a a, a friend of mine in france she was on a train one time traveling i don't know where two cities she was going through and there was she was in the same compartment as a nun who was coming back from lourdes and she had like a five gallon jug of lourdes water and she had stowed it on the rack above the chairs and then the the train lurched and this five gallon thing of water fell on my friend oh, uh, no. did it leak did it no no talk about question. quite a baptism a right yeah um but so what is that so that's lords but what does fatima have a similar thing or are people no, going so that the thing at well, fatima was uh prayer candles okay two, two things so prayer candle and and again i found it a little bit odd just because i i wasn't aware of it and i wasn't ready for it so you just had your, your gallbladder out, correct? Yeah, just yeah. fall, yeah. So if you had a gallbladder ailment, you could go to a store in Fatima and buy a wax-shaped gallbladder wow. to throw into the candle pit as an, as an offering. Okay, okay. Right, or if you had an ailment of the arm, you buy like a wax arm and you throw it, and it's like this giant bonfire. Mm. But it's like for the can and, you, and okay. with with prayers you, you yeah I, I, and I can't explain it completely because I don't think I completely understood the whole yeah yeah I didn't process. realize what happened there okay and then the other thing that that people who make a promise and a devotion to Our Lady of Fatima and they make a pilgrimage to Fatima because their prayers have been answered they'll do the last kilometer on their knees. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see, and there's an actual pathway that leads up to the wow. to the sanctuary, okay. and they'll do that kilometer on their knees. Mm-hmm. So th- th- those were the kind of the two things. Well, that so I think about. a lot of those um, apparitions, those shrines, now they do. There's a sense of the last, you know, on your knees in in devotion. I know in um, Mexico at Our Lady of Guadalupe, that something that that they do. I think at the with Juan Diego. That's 500 years ago now. That's a big shrine in Mexico City. Again, with with the um, oh, the not the jacket, but what is the 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 tilma? 
the tilma it's still there it's in, intact 500 years later robert right and you can actually see this beautiful tilma yeah and, and by all rights because of the material it's made out of it yes. should have it should have rotted Disintegrated years ago. ago. Yeah, right? it's amazing. Uh, and Knock, you mentioned Knock in Ireland, which I, I've been to many times in Ireland, but I've never been to Knock. And I, my aunt had a great devotion. My mother Mary had a great devotion to Knock. We used to get holy water, you know, sent to us from Knock. So that's definitely on my list when we go back to Ireland. Our Lady yeah, I think his Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, in his one of his first trips in 1979 was to Ireland. And he did a big mass in Dublin, but I believe he went to Knock as well. Right. Yeah, Medjugorje and, and, you mentioned as well too, Robert. Yeah, and I, I have that on there. And I know Medjugorje, there, there's still the, yes. the debate whether it's officially sanctioned by the Vatican, Vatican or yes. not. Yes. Uh, and I've heard stories on, on, on both sides okay. of that account. Um, but because it is such a, a big Marian apparition site, mm-hmm. I, I thought it just it needed to be mentioned. Yeah, and I think I, I think these men, you've also have a few more, and they're all these are also yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, a couple more from uh, a country that's near and dear to my heart, from Belgium. Um, so Bochum and Bonnier, bo- both of which are in in Belgium. Uh, again, I lived for a year in Belgium, never made it to these sites, and in the year I was living in Belgium, um, neither the faith or those kind of pilgrimages were were high on my list of things to do. Uh, There's La Salette, which is in the Alps in France. So where Lourdes is in the Southwest, La Salette would be in the, the South, the Southeast. Mm -hmm. And then one Marian apparition site that just recently came to our attention, to my attention uh, through school is Our Lady of Cabello in Rwanda. Mm -hmm. And you brought in that beautiful, apparition that picture of mary with baby jesus and all the saints to the school robert we're able to put that up around the school which is which is very very important because i've had african canadian students ask me how come all the pictures in the school of jesus and mary are white Mm -hmm. and i i explained the one time to the students so actually no mary and jesus when they appear somewhere Mm -hmm. they appear as culturally appropriate Mm-hmm. to to that site and i said to the student because i know for a fact that our lady when she appeared in africa you know a- appeared as an african and there's a, a church i believe in israel a, a christian church a catholic church in israel where they have pictures of the marian apparitions from around the world and mm-hmm. so there are apparitions of, of mary as an african uh japanese taiwanese filipino just as in Lord, she would have spoken French, and Father she would have spoken Portuguese. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, now, one thing I notice when you look at Quebec and Rwanda, Bohan, Bonnier in Belgium, La Salette or Lourdes in France, hmm. Fatima in Portugal, and I believe Knock also in Ireland, Mary almost exclusively appears to children. Yes. Right. And I think that brings us back to that notion of having a childlike faith. Yes. That is, adults were too cynical. Cynicism is gone. The cynicism is not there with children, is it? Exactly. Mm. And so having that childlike faith, not a childish faith, but a childlike faith. 
I think is very important. And that was just something I, as I was looking at these different apparitions and Marian apparitions around the world, mm-hmm. almost always children. Knowing full well that appearing to children like that, that when they then told the adults and the bishops and the difficulties she must have known in that it would have been much more difficult for them to convince those, the powers that be and the adults that it was actually a real apparition. So that's interesting. That she 100%. Would have that. Yeah. And it took a while in, in a lot of cases too. Yeah, and even you mentioned Guadalupe and San Juan Diego was a young young gentleman. He, he wasn't uh, a, a man of wealth and power. Right. Yes, it was, and, and the Lords in Fatima, they weren't wealthy children either, were they? Exactly, exactly. Now, there's also some Marian shrines closer to home. Which yeah, you were mentioning that. I, I, I never, never knew about. Yeah. I never knew about. Uh, I came across one time an article. I'm just going to pull it up here uh, on my phone, and I'll post it in the, the notes for the listeners. Uh, the Marian Shrine of Gratitude in Toronto. All right. Mm-hmm. And... I never knew about this. It says yeah. it's known worldwide. I'm thinking, I've Where never heard of this plague. I've born and I've been in the Toronto area for the you last. Got it. You got it. Yeah, we're both Torontonians, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, it's it's kind of in the West End, kind of Western Road. Yeah. Um, but very nondescript, and it's um, off the beaten path a little bit. So you, yeah. you'd have to know what you were looking for. I think I, yeah, I think for. I've heard of that one. I think I mom, my mom had mentioned that before she passed away, that there was a shrine up, up just North of us where we were in Toronto. I was so going to say that would be close to the, the neighborhood that you grew up. Yeah. In. Not too far away at all. Yeah. And yeah. it sounds very similar to the grotto of Notre Dame de Lourdes, Our Lady of Lourdes in Ottawa. Ottawa. Okay. Uh, nation's capital about four hour drive from where we are so it's in the the area of ottawa which is now known as venue city mm-hmm. okay. uh, very close to those who who know ottawa it's close to montreal road and saint laurent boulevard uh, there is a replica grotto of lourdes that was constructed and i can't i don't even know when it was constructed mm-hmm uh, it, it's been around long enough that my dad, when he was growing up, that was his home parish. My dad grew up down the street from that parish. Actually, my dad's grandfather paid for the original church bell in hmm. that parish because the the farm was across the street. Uh, it's not farmland anymore. Hmm, no, uh, but my dad, who was born in 1941, actually would serve mass in this replica grotto, and it, it's. Again, just off of Montreal Road. So it's not right on the main thoroughfare. It's just off behind the church. You have to kind of go a couple of side streets to get to it. Mm-hmm. Very peaceful. Uh, again, a large sitting area around this, this replica grotto. And there's also Stations of the Cross. Nice. So it's, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Again, growing up, we would go to Ottawa two, three, four times a year. Never knew it existed. Mm-hmm. I, and I can't even remember how I came across it. The shrine, not the city, right? The yeah. shrine, you know. Yeah. I know Ottawa, I knew was always there. Yeah, I love Ottawa. Nice city. Great city. Um, uh, and the last one I've heard of, though, Robert, that's not uncommon for people around this particular area. No, it's it's a, it's a newer uh, 
a newer site, newer apparition. Again, I don't think it's an apparition site that has been formally recognized oh, no. by, by the church in Marmara. So for me, it's on the road to Ottawa. It right. would be about a third of the way from where I am right. to, yeah. to Ottawa, Marmara, uh, tiny little town yep. uh, out that way. I can't even, I don't even know how to describe it on highway, highway seven. And again, I've never visited the site. I know of some people who have, I've driven by it again, it's slightly off of the highway. I've heard uh, of it for sure. But uh, a beautiful forested area. And they, again, they yeah. have the stations of the, the cross. Again, that uh, should be something that we should probably take a road trip to. Yeah. I know yeah. when I've yeah. driven by it, it's an hour and a half from our, our house. Yeah. Okay. So about two hours from where I am, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think well worth the, well worth the drive to. Sure. And I know that there are similar kind of sites all over the place. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, that's, we've just touched upon a few for sure. All right. Those are the kind of the ones that, that we know. And I would ask listeners that uh, if they wanted to share uh, a Marian site and a, a devotion that's close to where they live throw that in the comments on the facebook page or, or, or drop us a line again mm-hmm. we always say drop and we could put and it in the comments on hey, the facebook page to help people find it hey that's my line at the in my closing sequence don't be stealing my line okay Anything else before we close up? I think you have a shout out. Do you not, Robert? I have two shout outs I I wanted to make today. One of them is really quick and it it just happened this evening. So I went to adoration this evening and it was one of those. I I, I was hemming and hawing because it was a, you know, a a warmer evening and we've just gotten the pool open and I was going to sit and have a beer with uh, uh, GK Chesterton, not in the flesh, but no, not in the flesh. In the no, yeah. but, but reading a, a Chesterton book, I was going to sit by the pool and have a beer. And my wife's like, no, you got to get that. You got to get to adoration. So, okay. You know, thanks for pushing me. And, uh, very happy that I did get to adoration, but my shout out, uh, cause there was only, I think four of us there in the church. And my shout out goes to, I'm loath to put it this way, but my shout out goes to the little old lady. So it was an older lady. I don't know. Uh, she, she, and she's there every, every Friday evening as right. well um, at adoration. And uh, she out knelt me. She was on her knees for the full hour. Wow. Right. I managed to get in the first 20, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I sat down now. I'll give her this. She was using the kneeler. We've talked about before how as as a personal form of penance, I don't use the kneeler. What's a whole hour on her knees before, before our Lord. Yeah. That's, that's pretty impressive. But uh, an hour, like you 20, 25 minutes, no kneeler. I don't know. That seems about even to me. We should give her a pints and pews cap for that. That would be kind of something. I don't know if she'd wear it. (laughs) Which which, I don't know if she would wear it over or under the mantilla. (laughs) <laughs> so um uh, yeah i don't know if, i don't know if she would uh, appreciate it the the <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, and who's your second shout out so my second shout out and i think we will eventually have these two young people on the show because they were mm. just absolutely oh, don't even talk to me about that shout out so my shout out shout goes out. to uh from the archdiocese of toronto oh, office yeah. of catholic youth the two regeneration missionaries 
Kim and Keith, who Kim came out to Keith. the school this week yeah, uh, and, and spoke to our young students about chastity. Uh, I mean, two young people, um, one of them kind of let slip the year that they were in, in grade 10. So I know one of them, 22 years old, uh, the other probably very close as well. Two young people just on fire for the faith. Right. Absolutely. And on fire for the faith, the joy in them, Robert, when you introduced me to them. Oh, exactly. Mm. Exactly. I mean, I didn't have that much joy and energy at 22. No. Right. And, and it was just absolutely beautiful to see. So, you know, shout out for them. Please remember in your prayers, Kim and Keith and, and all of the regeneration job. missioners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Janicia, who who helped organize it, beautiful work being done. Beautiful work being done. Uh, we gave them an informal invitation, but we'll definitely give them a formal invitation. We'll have to have them on uh, the show. I want to say sometime soon, but we've got a lot of great guests lined up over the next couple of months we do, as well. We, do. we won't so. spoil the listeners right now, but we do. But you know what? When I was talking to the two of them, and they were just so. And it was nothing about them. They were deflecting and saying, you guys are doing a great job talking. And we, you know, we always talk to Faith Robert, but they were just so, you know, unassuming and, and yet joyful. And, 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 and then when we spoke about the kids or how was that class, they were always so positive speaking about the different classes and, and, and not an easy subject as no, well. No. And, and I think it's a great thing that they're doing because it's one thing for you or I I mean, you're probably about a grandfather age to, to those students, and I'm a fatherly age to those students. So it's one thing for you and I to get up and, and talk yeah, the faith to the kids. But when they see someone who is so close in age to them, right? right someone who's in their early 20s, mm-hmm. joy-filled and on fire for the faith, yeah. the Holy Spirit can work wonders with that. Absolutely. And it, 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 you know, the church is in good hands when you've got people like these. I think one of them, Kim, I believe, is going to be, is now going to be the youth minister at one of the churches in the Toronto area, which which is, bodes well for the young people at that particular church. Well, you learned more in conversation than I did. That I must did, have yeah, been I while I was out of the room. Yeah, I had that little chat with her at the end. And I have a shout out as well. Your good friend and mine, who for some unbeknownst reason to both of us, invited me on his show, the Catholic Canuck, our good friend David Scubin, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name last name right, Robert. Am I? I like to think so. I mean, I always call him David. Um, yeah, no, I listened to that episode of you yes. on the Catholic Canuck. I didn't I've, got a, I've, I've got a question for you, buddy. What's that, Robert? How come you sound more intelligent on someone else's podcast than you do on ours? <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Spirit just envelops me at that particular moment in time. I'm telling you, David, and you've been on the show many times, Robert. What a great host. What a great show. And I don't know, you know, I was just so honored that he asked me on. And it was just a fantastic time. And I hope I didn't sound too unintelligent on the show. I haven't yet listened to it because I was on you sound, it. You sounded it good. Well, it, it went well. And he did such a great job for the faith, you know, in, his Edmonton, in the Edmonton area. And, of course, all over podcast world well and, and i was gonna say you know why he's so good and, and, and so relaxed it's because his hockey team is still playing playoff oh, he's, hockey, and he was right? rocking that he was rocking the edmonton oilers uh, cap at the time too so he was he wasn't rubbing it in the fact that i think the leafs were still in when we uh spoke the toronto maple leafs but uh they're out now as we both know and the oilers are still in 
Now, my I'm Montreal Canadiens were never there, so that's a, that's a, whole, a, a whole other story. No, but a great show, and I, I was happy to be on it. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I've thrown the link up once or twice on the Facebook page to the show. So those that are, are looking for it can swing by the, the Pines Catholic and Cues cannot. Facebook page or the Catholic Canuck. He's, he's got a great presence on social media as well. Uh, you can find Thank Catholic you. Canuck on Facebook and on Twitter. I Makes believe. you feel really right at home when, you, when you're when you on his show. So that was, uh, that was a good time for myself. Yeah. But Dennis, I'm looking at the clock, and uh, I know well, the, bear, the time has fallen far? by. I'm gonna have a hard time parsing this down to an hour, I but know. I think if we can get it between an hour, hour and ten, hour and fifteen at the most. Your glass is almost done. My my glass is just about done. I mean, like I and, and I was struggling to make it last the hour. I could have thrown that back. It was a nice, crisp, clean, lagered ale in the the Koch style. Um, I see you, you moved on to a second. I just had a second small one while we were, while you were in the midst of something. So that was, that was okay. But But, yeah, yeah, I I could have thrown a couple of these back, uh, for, for sure. Well, you enjoyed the Tuberg? It's a Friday. The Tuberg was fantastic. Yeah. It's a Friday night of a long weekend, right? It's our, our, our May Victoria day weekend, as opposed to our American brothers and sisters who have Memorial day next weekend. But yeah, so as the but, time seems but, to have flown by and our hourglass is just about empty, we um, we had a good time, Robert. It was the both the pint and the conversation were great tonight, as usual. Yeah, but a I little mean, long. No, not a little long. You'll do some editing. I'll, I'll do a little bit of editing, but that's that's okay. It was all good when you're talking about our Lord. It's all good. Um, but the you know the pint was great as well. How was your pint? The the Beardmore Lagered Ale was amazing. It lived up to expectation. I, uh, and, I wonder and, how good it would be to the original, but it was really good though, was it? Well, we'll have to get we'll have to do a taste test. Well, we'll break out the the paddles again one day when we can sit down together and record, right. and we'll have a, a series of, of Kolsch perhaps well, to, on good. that day. That'd be good. Yeah, be good. As, but as always, Robert, it's a great to talk about the Catholic faith once again. Very true, very true. And just before we wrap up, Dennis, perhaps there's one small favor we could ask of our listeners. Now, if you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook and drop us a line there or at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Chat again soon, mate. God willing. And until then, Dennis, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton. On which is right on your t-shirt in front of me, Robert. In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless. <laughs>